The cliffs of Whisperwool stand tall against the onslaught of cold wind and the ocean spray. At the edge of one of the cliffs, a copper-skinned wood elf stands looking over the horizon of the sea. In her right hand, a large scythe with two blades. In the other, an obsidian key with a faint green glow. Behind her stands four humanoid figures, the first of which stands much taller than the elf. His face of a lion embedded in a thick black mane, his armor onyx, matching the raven-colored fur of his body. His left side covered by a shield half the size of his body the bottom of which shaved into spikes for offensive maneuvers. His right hand clutched onto a metal claw, chains wrapped up his forearm. To his right, a much smaller framed tiefling with wine-red skin stood holding a book in his right hand. His clothes resemble a wizard's, but his shimmered somehow, the kind of shimmer that makes one mistrust their own eyes, even when there is no explanation. The tiefling's horns curled in gnarly directions, and its eyes glowed a bright, brilliant blue. Towering over him stood a large treacan to his right. It wore loose chainmail armor over its body, but what was once bright green foliage and rich brown bark that made up its body, it was now different. His bark a faded gray his leaves and vines darker shades of their former selves, almost void of color. Dark like the night. The treacan shifted in place, ashes falling from its body. On its back, an ornate longbow rested between shoulder blades made of wood and vines. The last of the four figures was more simple in nature. It was the median of dwarf and orc, wearing full plate mail armor crafted from torrential titanium. Its armor shimmered in the light. This figure bore an open-faced helmet of the same metals. The armored warrior held a morning star in his right hand and a metal weapon that resembled a spade in the other. They are on their way, the elf said to the four behind her. I can feel them coming. The four behind her remained silent. 
She turned to face them. You know your part to play. I suggest you get on with it. She motioned for them to make their own way home. All but the humanoid lion departed. There is a storm coming, Sybil. Do you think it wise we wait? He asked, his voice rumbling in the wind. We will do just fine. It's the gnarly in you that wants to act. She paused for a moment, considering what he was suggesting. If I'm right, and I believe I am, the last of the Shindos are on their way here. Once their line has gathered, we can finish what we started in Oxbane. The Nolly nodded, his mane shaking in the wind. How long do we have? He asked, looking down at his claw in his right hand, then at her scythe. Long enough to do what those who came before us could not, <laughs> she said, smiling. Her smile only seemed to make the Nolly more concerned, even more uneasy, somehow. We will overcome, and the next stage of Whisper Wool shall pass. Then Goron will find itself born free to a new age. And of silence, he asked, his face showing that he knew he was beginning to push his luck. What will come of it? Silence will be fine. It will remain as it was always destined to be silent.